Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. Have we had enough of Joe Rogan? Maybe. Or maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, Keith, good morning. The Olympics are off to a slow start, to say the least. And the Cox, Florida stations that the FCC has ordered sold. We're still about a week away and not a word on a buyer. Good morning. We're back with another edition of Media Insultant in Seattle. I'm Jackson Weaver in sunny Southern California. My co-host is Keith Samuels. Every Tuesday, every Thursday, we do this. I mean, we've been doing it for three years now. So we welcome you to the Tuesday edition, February 8th episode of Media Insultant. So, Keith, do we dignify the Joe Rogan debate here on Media Insultant? Oh, gosh, it's the, it's the rage of the month. Are you kidding? I mean, this is like everybody's just obsessed. And, and I think the one thing that we've learned from this, or that, that a lot of people have learned from this, is that Neil Young is still alive. <laughs> and, you know. and Joni Mitchell is almost and Joni 80. Mitchell is still alive. Yeah, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, this uh, artist's canceling other artists. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty fun stuff. So, you know, we can't have a media insultant episode go by without... You know, saying the words Joe Rogan, the most evil man in the universe. I, I love all these uh, uh, free-spirited artists from the 60s who, uh, who are now really into, um, into content censorship and, uh, and uh, cancel culture. This is brilliant. <laughs> At the end of the day, it, it, one of the interesting things is it is because Rogan has been paid by Spotify, yeah. it's no, they no longer have the, the section uh, 430 protection or 130 protection, whatever it is, that protects uh, social media from being liable because they pay him for his content. Right, right. Just like they just like they pay uh, Prince Harry and Meghan and just like they pay the Obamas. And, and, you know, Spotify is just 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 gushing with money to buy all these famous people's content. And yet the the one that has, I mean, of course, the Obamas haven't done or no, Harry and Meghan haven't even done a podcast yet. They got paid, what, 25, 30 million dollars by Spotify and they haven't produced any content. And, you know, and Rogan's got 11 million listeners a week. So it's like, oh, shoot, what do we do? Well, yeah, I, so I haven't seen any specific numbers from Spotify. Yeah. So maybe you have. But uh, yeah. speculation is that his show audience has been cut in half since he went to Spotify. I think he's doing a lot of this for promotional juice. 11 million downloads a week. And yes, I mean, it's, you know, any promotion, any, any publicity is good publicity, right? If you're trying to get listeners. But you know what? We'll see what happens. But, you know, the funny thing is, is that uh, this is all taking place on a, on a streaming podcast platform. We're not talking about, you know, a radio station or any of those issues. So it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like, gosh, really? That's a big deal. So I guess it's drawing. Maybe we'll get more list- or viewers and listeners because, you know, we're in that podcast space. That's right. That's right. And yeah. they won't be able to listen to, or they'll be less likely to listen to Joe Rogan and more likely to listen to our insulting comments, right? Yeah, well, okay. I mean, hey, if you're looking for insults and you get tired of Joe, we're here to help. I think the interesting thing also is that Spotify is just fine with these boomers like Neil Young and Joni Mitchell pulling their music from the playlist. I mean, they don't care. Now, if Weekend pulls his music from the site, and then maybe they'll have something to talk about. Yeah, right. <laughs> so the buyer of two prime Cox radio stations in Florida Ooh. is coming up. But first, Keith, the Olympics 
man, I'll tell you, I was listening to um, an iHeart morning show this morning. She'll go unnamed. And one of the, and the anchor of the morning show says, hey, have, do you guys know, did, did the Olympics start? Yeah. And have you seen the Olympics? And one of them said, no, I didn't, I didn't know the Olympics had started at all. I'm, I've just been focused on the Super Bowl, as you pointed out last week. <laughs> NBC's own data says they had a 43% decline since the last Winter Olympics. Right. Uh, is there any salvaging this? What, what's your, what's well, your read well, on it? Yeah, well, let's go back to that 43% down from the Punjang, you know, the, the South Korean Winter Olympics in 2018. Right. Were the least watched Winter Olympics opening ceremony in history then. This Olympics is 43% down from the worst ever. So this isn't like 43% down from the best ever. This is 43% down from the worst ever. No one is watching the Olympics. And... The problem now, you know, obviously the networks are going to have to do a lot of make goods to make up for the, the, the you know, the ratings they, they guaranteed. So in this, when you, when you sell this stuff, you're guaranteeing a rating. You know, we're going to guarantee a, you know, a, a, a 10 rating or an 18 rating or a five rating or whatever it is. And, and the buyers go, okay, well, based on that, we'll pay this and that's guaranteed. So if the network doesn't perform, the network has to run more commercials to find more rating points to make up the buy that the buyers placed. And so this is catastrophic. They're going to be running make goods till the 2028 games in Milan. I mean, this is going to be insane. But what I really, and so the networks, that's their own deal. But like you and I, you know, we've been on the local front all our careers. And I really feel for those NBC affiliate sales guys and gals around the country who are who have to deal with the local Ford dealer and the local retailer and the grocery store chain that bought big Olympics packages because you know they've been out there selling them and their ratings now are also down 43% from the last one and those guys are really going to take it on the chin and they're the they're the front lines of getting just seriously spanked and I I I'm sorry for those guys cuz they're going to have to be running make goods too yeah, I don't know what kind of audience projection they held on this, but I think you're right. I, I think the thing that also really bothered me if I had sold an Olympics pet presentation is the reluctance of advertisers to use the symbol. They're not. There's no tie-in, very little tie-in from the ads. You know, the advertisers are, are really holding the Olympics at arm's length. And on a local basis, that's really, really important because some of these guys are putting, you know, a major portion of their quarterly budget into this. Yeah. And then to not have the kind of support and buzz is a real problem. I, I didn't watch all of the opening ceremonies, but I was stunned by how spectacular the production was and equally how emotionless it was because there was nobody in the audience. It was yeah. empty. Yeah. It was that, just... And so, so it's not compelling viewership. Why do I even, uh, you know, what do I care? I was watching some figure skating in an empty arena. Okay, well, that's fun. It was like a practice round. But, you know, but here's the problem, too. So you have all these NBC affiliates around the country. And we know a lot of guys and gals who work at NBC affiliates around the country. And they're counting on the Olympics to drive other ratings, right? Like late news, so finally, we have a great lead-in, which is the Olympics, and that's going to drive our late news number. So they're all these these people are out there selling, late, and you know, my late news numbers. Instead of being a point five or a point two, it's going to be a three. You know, it's going <laughs> to right. They're yeah, going to yeah, jack yeah, totally. up. The, 
Yeah. And the same thing for early morning news, you know, our early news, you know, our early news block, you know, and, 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 and prime access, you know, before we go to the Olympics, our early news at five o'clock is going to be great. And if, if the Olympics isn't driving the, that other viewership, it's a real mess for these guys. And they've been counting on that. They budgeted this, you know, a year, two or three. A year ago, or at least two years ago, maybe even in some cases, and and now they're not even getting close to what they'd hoped. Oh, this it's, is just a it's, this it's is a, just real a sales disaster. disaster. It's a real disappointment all the way around, promotionally yeah. and sales, and and then you know you look at the fact that the the plat there's six platforms that they are splitting the audiences up among. Some are subscriptions, some are not. And, you know, everybody's got to be very confused. They've got to begin to figure out how to do that better in, in the years to come. And, you know, the truth is, just like our traditional media, when we delve into digital media, the costs, the complexity, and the confusion all go up. Well, the same mm -hmm. thing is happening here. And then, to your point, Super Bowl is right in the middle of it. It just mm -hmm. is going to – it just takes all the wind out of wh – whatever wind there was – in the sales of the Olympics, it's gone. It's gone when the Super Bowl hits it. So Yeah. Well, and at least the Super Bowl will have announcers and programming around it that's actually in Los Angeles, that's actually at the game or at Radio Row or, you know, at all the festivities that lead up to the Super Bowl. Most of the announcers are not in China for the Olympics. They're doing it from a production studio in Burbank, you know, or, or in New York. It's just, it's, 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 and so that adds to your frustration about, I'm not feeling the emotion, I'm not feeling the, the love, because they're not even there. Well, it, it actually, in some ways, may be beneficial from the standpoint of all the COVID restrictions and the, uh, and the, the way the Chinese government has handled things there. It may be better to have them in Los Angeles. Yeah, but when, when you're watching the Winter Olympics, you really do want, you know, those, those, those announcers in their parkas, you know, their NBC parkas and their stocking caps on and their mittens, and, you know, their mittens and their gloves. And you can see their breath and they're down there at the bottom of the giant slalom run or they're down at the bobsled track or the ski jump. And if you don't have that, it's kind of like, well, just just stream it and run it, and let me just watch it. I don't even need it, you know. So it's uh, it's it's a good point. It's a, uh, good big point. disaster. Well, we'll we'll see when the when the finals come in over the next couple of weeks. All right. In the meantime, uh, as we both have talked about on Media Insultant before, the FCC has ordered Cox to sell two radio stations in Florida. One is in Orlando, WPYO. One is in Tampa, WSUN. Uh, neither of them are killer signals, but they're okay signals. Mm -hmm. And the FCC has ordered them to sell it. And we've all been through this thing where Cox has dragged it out and dragged it out and stalled it. And then they went back and said, oh, well, we'd really need another year to sell these. Yeah. And basically the FCC did a complete smackdown on them and said, you know, essentially, I loved it, what, uh, what the FCC commissioner said. She said, uh, Cox must take the market as Cox finds it, not as Cox wishes it to be. Yeah. So... She's basically because Cox had said, oh, we can't sell now. The pandemic has depressed prices, and oh, yeah, life is just yeah. an eternal bitch. Yeah, and we yeah. all feel, feel bad for them. But Cox is concerned, I think, and they've dragged the sale on this out because they don't want another competitor in the Spanish format. SBS is actually overbid for WPYO at $6 million price. But Cox is saying no so far because yeah. they know they're going to have a direct competitor if they sell it to them. So... You know, maybe they'll try to sell it to EMF or somebody else that won't be a direct competitor. 
Yeah, well, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, the, the rumors are flying that even though it's dead, dead quiet on the, you know, no, none of our sources are getting us getting any information that they can pass along. But the fact of the matter is, you know, these stations are in a trust, right? They're not, they're not. That is really, correct. Yes. They're not really Cox stations. They're in a trust, and there's a guy that you know that's overseeing the trust. And he's kind of the negotiator, and, and he's a very competent guy. Evers, is that his name? Yeah, Elliot Evers, right, right. Yeah, Elliot Evers knows what he's doing. He's just trying to drive the price up. But, but what's interesting is, is that how, is, how does a million bucks make any difference to, to Apollo, which owns Cox, at all? I mean, it's like, you know, just sell the freaking stations. You know, get, get a good deal and sell them. I mean, just because you want to get... 10 million for, for the, they want to get more for WPYO in, in Orlando than uh, somebody got for a, a station in New York. Right. You know, right. Uh, it, it makes, I think Univision was selling a station in New York and, and they, they got 9 million, you know. This is why the drama, why the, uh, who knows? So well, well, you bring up a great point. You know, it's an awful lot like when Sinclair sold Como here in Seattle. Right. You know, they, they basically gave it away. You know, it was, it was supposed to be a $15, $18 million deal, but two-thirds of it was trade and only about $5 million was cash. Well, Sinclair just looked at it and said, just be done with it. Get it off the books. Quit screwing with it. Why Apollo yeah. doesn't do that, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either. And, and uh, you know, and, it, and it's not fun if you're the local managers and there's in those markets because I think you're still trying to sell some time on them and, you know, keep them alive. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's sad because those were pretty good brands for a, good, for a couple of decades for Cox. And you know the FCC said you got too many stations, you got to sell them, and you know, so they just become orphans. And it's 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 sad to see that happen. It, it's not much fun. Cox is really is desperate to get these sold, but they really want a non-competitive group to buy them. So we'll see, and we'll see where SBS lands on it. Uh, okay, that's about the final word, Keith. We're a production in town media of in town media, and we'll be back Thursday with another edition of Media Insultant. Keith's uh, golf day is Thursday, so uh, that. Program's a little substandard, but <laughs> <laughs> no golf this week. It, although it's beautiful weather, you know it's it's going to be in the eighties for Super Bowl weekend. But no golf this week. All right, no golf this week. Well, we'll uh, catch up on that and see you on Thursday, Keith. Take care, Jackson. See you then.